simply talking to God, praying about the lost, before we talk to the lost about God. That's what prayer evangelism is. And so we're going to be going over certain uh, steps from Luke chapter 10, Jesus lays out. Let's go ahead and if you have a Bible, can you open it to Luke chapter 10? I'm going to start reading verse 1. We'll go to verse 9. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, amen, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know, pray. We talked about that last week, didn't we? It was one of the prayer points. Verse 3, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. And we know that go means a change of location. Verse 4, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Hmm. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking, whatever they give to you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. So those are the first nine verses in chapter 10 of Luke. And I want to just go over real quickly a few of these verses. So we see verse 1. The Lord appointed 72 others and he sends them out two by two. What can we learn from this? We can't do it alone. Isn't it so much better to walk around and have the support of somebody else? To be able to do life together with somebody else? To do this thing, sharing our faith with somebody else? It is. It makes a big difference. And we have one another. God didn't send us out alone. He sent them out two by two. And they're partners. They're doing some teamwork. Verse 2, he said the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his field. And there is no lack of people. Sometimes we think people are not wanting to hear the good news. No, but Jesus said just the opposite. The harvest is plentiful. People are waiting to hear the good news. A lot of times they may not, might not even come to know the Lord or even be invited to church or something that we're doing into our lives. Because why? They've never received an invitation. There's not enough workers to reap the harvest. So, verse 3, he sends us out like lambs among wolves. How many of you feel like a lamb among wolves in your workplace sometimes? <laughs> Maybe if you're the only Christian there. Maybe in your, fa- your own family. Maybe with your circle of friends. Maybe in the world you feel like an alien. And Jesus knows that we're going to feel like that. This is not. Where I'm, I don't feel at home here. Why? Because we're all out of place. Our values, our morals are different than what the cultures are. You watch the news and everything they tell you that's supposed to be right and good is exactly the opposite of what the Bible says. So you feel out of place. We feel like lambs among wolves. Verse 4, he said, don't take a bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone on the road. What is Jesus saying? You can sum it up. Don't take all the extras. We have so much stuff. My cell phone's over there. Just that device. Remember we said we might have to fast from this? I did a one-week media fast recently. 
It was really good. <laughs> Help me concentrate more on the Lord. And I can get really, you know, off into all these rabbit trails looking at just the media. Okay? So don't take all that extra stuff. You have so much extras. Learn to put that stuff aside and keep your focus right on what God has called you to do. Verse 5, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Peace to this house. And that's where we're going to start this week. We're doing prayer. We're doing step one of prayer evangelism, which is speaking peace and blessings over our city, over our family, over our friends. Speaking peace and blessings. So prayer evangelism has four steps. First is speaking peace and blessings. The next is fellowshipping with others. Fellowshipping. Third is meeting needs. And the fourth is proclaiming the kingdom of God has come. And it's all laid out there in Luke 10. And these are just guidelines God gives us through Scripture and how he sent the 72 out to reach them for Jesus. Amen? So we can learn a lot from Luke chapter 10. Today I want to focus on praying peace and blessings over those who don't know Jesus right here in Kaka'ako. This is our city that God has called us to reach. We are, after all, Kaka'ako Christian Fellowship. <laughs> so we're not Kalihi Christian Fellowship. We're not Waikiki, Waikai. We are Kaka'ako. And God has called us to reach people in Kaka'ako. We're going to learn today how to pray peace and blessings over those in our family. How to pray peace and blessings over those in our workplace, our neighbors, our friends, and every person that we meet along the way. Number one, you can write down in your notes. Number one, pray for God's peace. Pray for God's peace over the lost in your city. Luke chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. When you enter a house, Jesus said, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. See it? Your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. So speaking peace over someone is really amazing because it's so easy. Anybody can do it. I can do this. Yes, it's awesome. You know, we can get so nervous about evangelism. But Jesus said, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. We all do that. Lord, just bless this house. Bring your peace to this house. Everybody can do it. In fact, right now, just take... Five seconds and pray peace over someone's home, over someone's life. Ready, set, go. Just in your heart. That's awesome. Okay. Wasn't that easy? That was good. We are practicing what Jesus taught his followers to do, to speak peace over someone's home. And we can do that from anywhere. Amen. Right here, we can do that when we go home. We can do that when we walk into a store. We can do that when we walk into somebody's home. We can do that when you go home to your home. Peace to this home. And you know, it, Jesus talks about it as being something almost that you can feel, taste, touch, see, something tangible. You know, he said, if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Jesus knows that God's peace is real. You can feel God's peace, amen? You can feel the difference. And when there's no peace, wow, you know it. 
People in our community, in our city, need God's peace. Our world needs God's peace, his shalom. Look at our world without peace. People's families are a mess. Drugs, alcohol, prescription drugs, heroin, all over. It's an epidemic. Again, families torn apart, divorce, fighting, everything. It's almost the norm nowadays. And you see families in so much turmoil. They need God's peace. Could you imagine if a neighbor of yours is dealing with so many things and you're right there, God has put you right there to pray God's peace into their home, his shalom peace. But yet we don't really have the eyes to see it. We don't really have Jesus' perspective. So we say, oh, I hope they take care of their problems. Wish they would make, stop making so much noise. Stop fighting. Okay? Look at our own state. Our state is in so much, so much turmoil, isn't it? Oh, it's like you don't even want to watch the local news anymore. Read the paper, yeah? Look at our world. So disgusting and sad what's going on in the Middle East. And as Christians, we need to be aware of all this great persecution going on with Christians. Not just in the Middle East, all over the world. There's more persecution of Christians now than there has ever been in the history of the world. There's, we have to know that. We have to understand that so we can pray against that, pray for them. But not just Christians, but all the sad things that are going on, all the horrific things that are going on. Our world needs God's peace. And so he's put us here to pray for God's peace. And that's why we do, wherever we do missions, we do this. Amen? Okay, so I wanted to show you a little bit of a story. His name is Pastor Poncho Marguia. Pastor Poncho is in that network I was talking to about Harvest Evangelism, all these churches. He has a church in Juarez, Mexico. And I've shared this, but this has been a while back since I've shared this story. You know, Pastor Poncho came uh, multiple times when they had their global conference here in Waikiki. And he shares a testimony, and it's so unbelievable. I'm like, oh, whoa. What has God done in Juarez, Mexico? I've gone there on a mission trip. We took a team with Youth with a Mission, build a home. And remember, I told you I laid down in the city square and they drew the outline of a dead person in the chalk around me. And that was before all this stuff happened. 2008, 2010, 2012, all these, this time, Juarez, Mexico was the murder capital of the world. All the drug cartels going in and out of Texas, El Paso, Texas, and just running drugs all. It's just an amazing place. So, so much horrific things going on. Like, you have a birthday party, and you have a rival cartel person just at the party. They come in, and they shoot everybody at the party. All the kids, all the people. They behead the police officers. They put them all in the town square. Just tie them up, leave them there. You know, just putting people in vats of acid and just the worst of the worst of the worst. And it was a very violent time, very violent city. One pastor, Pastor Poncho, he heard from the Lord and he said he wants him to pray for the city for 40 days. So he went to the entrance of the city and he just said he's going to pray for the city. Somehow the news got a hold of this and they came up to him and he said, what are you doing? Are you fasting for injustice against violence? What are you doing? We want to like cover what you're doing. He said, 
oh, God just told me to pray for our city for 40 days. And they said, well, we want to cover it. Every day we're going to cover what you're doing. So they came and they, what did God say to you today? And they put it on the news, okay? So God is just like out of nowhere. And so he set up his little, um, his little place there and he stayed there for 40 days. God has done some amazing things as he has interceded Pray peace and blessings over the city. Let's go ahead and watch just a little bit. The spiritual climate of the city right now to be of despair, sadness, hurt, uh, desperation, and not hope. Separated from the United States by the infamous Tortilla Wall, Juarez is being held hostage by cartels that trade in drugs and daily murder innocent victims. We have smelled the blood in the streets. We have seen the blood in the streets. We know that death can be any second. But for us to die is gaining to live is Christ. As news spreads from the crime capital of the world, prayers are beginning to rise up and faith is starting to grow. So we're going directly to the highest place uh, that is close to the city. And I declare today, Juarez, you are no longer an orphan. In the name of Christ Jesus, you have been adopted. Your pains, your fears, the violence, and everything that you've suffered will finish from this day going forward in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Do I believe in my own heart that Juarez can become God's city? I live for it. <laughs> I live for it. I believe it with all my heart because I serve a powerful God. One day somebody will say, Ciudad Juarez, the glory of God is flowing on your streets. When the kingdom of God comes to my city, I imagine a city with a smile. I imagine children playing in the streets back again. I imagine businesses open. I imagine a city that is looking for opportunities to serve other cities. I imagine my city as God's city. that was a while back and they were just you know asking for prayer you see how they interceded on behalf of the city you know recently is actually just the other night was that Friday night that uh, we had a few of us on the our missions committee uh, had the heart had the vision to go and pray for our, the city of Kaka'ako so we took some plate lunches and everything. We met after work, and we, we all went up to Kakaka Waterfront Park. And uh, it was actually uh, Justin and Mirasol, they're sitting over here in the second row. And uh, they, they were, you know, really excited about this. And God put it on their heart to pray for our city. And we were like, yes, let's do it, you know. Let's pray for Kakaako. We want to intercede and speak peace and blessings over Kakaako. And so we... We, our family met their family, and the Fongs came out, Barry and Amy, and we just walked around. Uh, after we were done, actually, we, we said, okay, let's join hands. We're going to pray for our city, and uh, we can go ahead and put up a picture. Um, right as soon as we started praying, this guy, he was drunk. He started getting all belligerent, 
yelling at his friends next to him, knocking over beer bottles. And it was so embarrassed. We were so like, we didn't know what to do. It was awkward, right? We hear all these like F-bombs coming and try to pray, but oh, kind of distracting when you hear all that. All of our kids, like, hey kids, hold your ears. Vanessa goes, oh, I never think, I didn't think our children ever heard that much swearing before. And, you know, we're just, it was just a really like, oh, distracting time. We prayed peace over that man, over that, that guy's life. You know, Lord, just, there's so many homeless people who live there. It's like, wow, it's just, it's really hard to like feel like you even eating your dinner. You just feel bad. And you just like, Lord, your heart is breaking over there. And so we, we walked down a little bit more and we prayed. As soon as we finished praying, this like breakthrough prayer, like this big wave comes, almost like hits uh, Jeremiah sitting there. And we were just so blessed. It was such a nice evening. And we just loved it. It was actually fun. We were going to leave because it was getting kind of late. And then Justin said, wait, what about going up to the like, high point? We were going to do that and look over the city and pray. And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay, let's do that. So we, we go, <laughs> like, we go back up, we walk up, the path is lit. I don't know if you've been up there, you walk up, and you get to the top, and you're like, oh, we're here. And we're overlooking all of Kakako. It's really cool. And we did just like Pastor Poncho and Pastor Brian did. They were just like, Lord, we're looking at the city. Lord, just bless, release Kakako from darkness from the grip of Satan. Lord, bless every business here. We pray your peace and blessings over every person here, every, every home, everything. Release them. And it was like, whoa, it was awesome and it was powerful and it was even fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. We had a blast. And we felt, we left there thinking, we don't know what happened. We can't see any tangible difference yet, but we know that there's a spiritual breakthrough, right, in the heavenlies. Because God is faithful. He answers our prayer. And he told us to do that. He said, you know what? Speak peace and blessings over the city. That's point number one. Okay? And there's more to come. We will be doing that more and prayer walking in our city. So be on the lookout. And we'd love for all of us, all of you, anyone who feels called to join us. That's point number one. Point number two, you can make peace with the lost in your city. Make peace with those who don't yet know Jesus. You know, a lot of times we feel like just the opposite. We're at war with them. And as Christians, we look at them as going, oh, look at like that guy. Oh, he's ruining our prayer time. You know, this guy swearing in public. My kids are here. You know, we like think those things as, oh, look at what that person is doing. Or she's such a liar. Or oh, what a druggie, okay? Or, oh, she sleeps around a lot. Or, you know what? He, yeah, that guy, he cannot be trusted. And we did say all these negative things. We say all these things that are like curses over them, don't we? And Jesus, when he was on earth, he was known as a friend of sinners. I love that title. The friend, Jesus, friend of sinners. And I want to be a friend of sinners. I know I'm a sinner. I know God has forgiven me and he forgives me continually. And instead of being somebody who is judgmental or critical or unloving, 
We don't want to do that. Why? Because that's not the character of God. That's not the character of Jesus. But so many times we think that. If we don't say it, we're thinking that, right? And we have to learn to make peace with the lost. We have to absolutely love them no matter what. And I was loving that. You know, in our group, when we were praying, I heard the prayer coming from different people. Lord, that guy is broken. He needs you, Jesus. He really, you know, God, you love him so much. And it was like a heart of Jesus as we were praying. I loved it. You know, Jesus prayed on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they are doing. And that should be the prayer of our heart. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know. John 3.16 is something we all know, a scripture verse. But a lot of times we don't attach the 17 to it. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his own Son, send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He didn't send Jesus to condemn the world. So why are we condemning other people? Amen? Have you made peace with the lost? And a lot of times it's easy to, oh yeah, I don't know that person, but what about the people who are lost that you do know that rub you the wrong way or worse? Have you made peace with those people in your life? God is saying, forgive, love, mercy, grace. Let's ask God to change our heart for everyone in our lives, to give us a soft heart. That's number two. Number three, stop cursing the lost in your city. Stop cursing them and start blessing them. So we don't realize that we curse people, do we? We don't realize that we can say some really bad things. But like I said, even if we don't say it out loud, we can say it in our minds. And we can think it. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They're blinded. So when we speak curses, curses, they actually strengthen the grip the enemy has on those people. They are blinded. But when we speak words that are not blessing, but the opposite, we're actually like contributing to the devil's cause. Blinding them, keeping these people, keeping the lost, lost. Keeping them in their sin. So, when you pray blessings over them, when you pray peace unto their homes, you're actually doing a very spiritual, powerful thing. Releasing them from the darkness. Taking the blinders off. And isn't that what happened to us? It's like, how do we get it? Right? It's like, oh the Bible is just making sense to me now. You know, oh, it's like I have a heart to love Jesus now. Never had that before. I have a heart for my, pe- my neighbors, the people in my family who don't know Jesus. How'd that happen? You know, the Lord's doing something supernaturally, right? People have been praying for you. Before I came to know the Lord, I had a whole small group praying for me. I didn't even know it. I came to the beach with them on a picnic and I'm like, oh, those people are so nice. Little did I know that they're like praying for my salvation for years. No joke, years. And they didn't give up. They, the Lord released me from blindness, from darkness. Amen? 
So speak those peace and blessings over their home. Pray for them. Bless them. Don't blast them. Pastor Alan Cardenas' like famous line, right? Bless, don't blast. Bless. Look at your neighbor telling that. Bless, don't blast. Okay? Bless, don't blast. Bless, don't blast. A lot of times we just come out blasting people. Oh, look at that. Look what they're doing. Look at that. You know? But what we should be doing is just, Lord, the heart of Jesus. They don't know what they're doing, Lord. Yes, I'm, I'm torn up inside, but I bless them in Jesus' name. I don't even want to say it. The words I have a hard time coming out of my mouth. Bless him. I know you love him. Oh, somebody honked at me the other day. I couldn't cross the intersection. It was already one car backed up. I don't want to be that guy in the middle of the intersection. And I hear the honk in the back of me. And I, honk, honk, honk. Vanessa goes, honey. <laughs> yeah, I didn't blast back. Lord, but I didn't blast either. I have to admit. I never. <laughs> I just said, just breathe. Breathe. I don't know. I, I don't like it when people honk at me. <laughs> this ain't the mainland. <laughs> so, yeah. Pastor Max, I got to learn to bless. I bless them in my review, Lord. Lord, bless them. Bless me. <laughs> so bless, 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 bless. Just walk around and make it something where you don't even realize. You just, automatic response is just to bless. Instead of to get angry, get our blood pressure going. Get offended, get wounded, get hurt. Yes, that's going to happen, especially if people don't know the Lord. Even in our church, with one another, we can have that too. We just bless them. We just forgive them. Why? Because the Lord has forgiven you so much, and He continually does it. Through the blessing of the, of the upright, a city, get this, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked it is destroyed. We're going to speak peace and blessings into Kakako. Amen? It's going to be awesome. Begin blessing people, encouraging people. Pray continually to God for them. And you will see a difference. You will see a difference. God is so faithful. Try it. Do it. Practice it. You're going to see some breakthroughs coming up. Did you know that Jesus prays continually for you? Isn't that cool? He sits at the right hand of God and intercedes for us, the Bible says. He's praying for us. He's praying for me when I'm at the intersection. He's praying for me. He's, Lord, don't let him lose it. Father, Jesus is praying for us. He has forgiven us. He has given us grace. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Everyone say, no one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. The power of God is amazing. The power of prayer is amazing. Check out part two. I'd like to show you some things. This is not all. It's just some of the things God has done in the city of Juarez as they're praying over their city. Transformation becomes really credible when the secular media begins to report on it. 
as you watch this new piece on transformation in Juarez, everything we have captured is being validated by reports on CNN, the LA Times, New York Times, and so forth. My friend, welcome to Transformation in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, God's City. Murder capital of the world. That was the word on the street in 2010. It was a time of great fear and darkness. Death stalked the streets. Cartel leaders held the city in bondage to violence and corruption. Many may well have thought that the city was destined for total anarchy. But God always has a faithful remnant in place. Nation transformation is a journey that starts with an individual, a man or a woman, a young person or even a child who has an encounter with God about his or her city. He changes, his family changes, his obedience allows God to move and soon the community begins to feel the impact of change for the better. A change that ripples out to cities and even nations. And there is no doubt that Ciudad Juarez has changed. Today, Ciudad Juarez is experiencing a renewal so dramatic and powerful that it is no longer the world's most dangerous city. Optimism has begun to return. And as always, begins with prayer. And it's working. Even the highest authorities can testify to that. With the power of God and the help of Christians in the city, homicides have decreased by 80%, kidnappings by 100%, and extortions are down by 90%. Now we can say our churches, our streets, and our sports areas have been rescued. There was a time in the manufacturing industry of Juarez was threatened by the fiscal changes that our government was making. And there was this one lady who understood her call to be a marketplace minister and be an agent of change. But she took leadership in the city. She went all the way to Mexico City, talked to the presidential uh, uh, associates, and because of that, a presidential decree was done, and the whole industry is thriving because transformation came to one single lady. We have hung signs on the walls of government offices telling our society not to accept bribes or to give money to officials asking for favors. We are telling the citizens that if they start doing it, they will be sanctioned by the authorities. As a city is transformed from the inside out, soon there is tangible evidence that blesses not just the church, but the entire community. This museum started as a dream in the worst possible scenario. In Juarez there was no hope, basically it was a city of death. But, but we as a church decided to see what can we do in the marketplace. And we decided to look for something that can bless the children of Juarez. And look at it right now. Bearing testimony that the kingdom of God is being established, the museum has more than 26,000 children visitors, 41,000 school sponsorships, and more than 70,000 visits to their website. This museum has been recognized as the most interactive, state-of-the-art museum in all Latin America. It is in partnership with NASA, National Geographic, 
and the University of Chihuahua. Committed to excellence and education, this is indeed a place of learning. Not just for the children of Juarez, but the whole nation. And since its first year, the museum has already had 210,000 visitors. Who would have thought that after building the Children's Museum of Juarez, now there's a much bigger project, El Punto. The, the government already has given us this land for a 99-year lease to build a community center that is going to impact the whole city. And not only that, but it's going to give the church the platform to continue working in the city, bringing transformation. With every morning sunrise over the city of Ciudad Juarez, there is evidence that the light is beginning to burn brightly towards the fullness of the day. Faith is increasing. And the Ecclesia is not only praying for change, they are the change. We used to be a church like this. Only when the pastor moved, the whole church moved. Now we're doing this. Now we're covering more area. Now we're understanding that the church in the marketplace has the, the power and the, and, the, and the opportunity to bring change, real change, because everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. That is the key for transformation. When the Ecclesia moves into the city, transformation becomes evident. Business is thriving and the economy is once again growing. Government is taking a stand against corruption. Education is changing the destiny of future generations and families are being restored. What has started in Juarez is just a flame, a small light that is exploding as the church fulfills its destiny. And now this light is reaching the nations and impacting the world. Is that awesome? That children's museum is a huge testimony in itself. You know, so many of the children were left orphans because of all the killings that had happened. So many of them were, had saw so much violence and bloodshed on the streets or in their families. And so it was one man's vision, that pastor, he said he would love God. God gave him the vision to build a children's museum, and it was a $200 million project. Could you imagine the Lord doing that? Look at what he's done, he's done as the church has just folded like this. And all these different people have caught the vision of praying for the city, peace and blessing over the city, seeing the city reach for Jesus, the whole church in the marketplace. God can transform any city. Amen? God has not done with Juarez, and God is just getting started with Honolulu, with Kaka'ako. Do you believe God has an answer to the problem of homelessness? He does. It lies with Him. It lies with the church, not with the city or the state. Sure, we want them to do a good job too. It lies with us, the church. We are the church. With families that are broken, who are having hard times, yes. For those people in our workplaces who don't know Him, yes. We are called to take the good news of Jesus them. God is going to empower you. God is going to give you the heart, everything you need, so you don't see evangelism as a dirty word, but you say, Lord, I can do it. With you, I can do it. I speak peace and blessings over this cubicle, over my home, over my children, over my parents, over my neighbors, Lord. God can do it. You have in your bulletin something where you can go ahead and write down some things 
you can say this little homework, home fun. You can take it home and Lord, I speak peace and blessings over my family. You can write in there a prayer. You can write their names down. My co-workers, my friends, my neighbors and stick it in your Bible. And every day you just pray peace and blessings over them. Say peace and blessings. Talk to somebody in your small group. Remember Jesus sent them out in partners with teamwork. Can't do it alone. Hey, Justin, don't pray for my friend. He's really stuck. He really, his heart is so hard to the things of God. Would you pray for him too? We do this together. Amen? God is going to reach your city through you. Let's go ahead and stand as we close in prayer. And what we're going to do now is just Close with the time. You want you to outstretch your arms just like you are, like with, um, you saw Pastor Poncho doing to the city of Juarez, like we did the other night in Kakako. And I want you to just envision your family members who don't know the Lord, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, those people that you have in your life that don't know the Lord. Just go ahead and we're going to pray over them. I want you to imagine the city of Kakako, of Honolulu, and you just extend your hands, and as a sign to the Lord, God, we believe that you can do it. We're going to speak peace and blessings over them right now. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that you are the God who loves us, who has forgiven us, and you've given us your one and only Son, Jesus. And Lord, you don't count our sins against us because you put it all on him. And that's how much you love us, Lord. We say thank you, God, for your forgiveness. We thank you for your mercy and for your grace. We ask that you would create in us a heart of mercy and grace and blessing. And we bless our city now. We pray peace over the city right now of Kakako. We pray peace over our workplaces, Lord. We pray peace over our homes, over every family member, over every friend, God. Over every single person that we meet along our day, we, we speak it out right now in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, that you will release them, that you love them so much, Lord. Use us. Use us to love on them, to speak, Lord, to pray for them, to intercede on their behalf, that you would release them from darkness. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen.